It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 22nd of October. The Warriors and Jazz put on the classic. We get a weekend to refresh from it, and now we'll break it down. We'll look at that, plus early looks around the NBA, and is the league broken? Has offense and analytics just busted defense? It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Hope you're doing great. Jazz and the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. I do think there are some tickets available if you want to come out and see the Jazz. Uh, Friday night was incredible, and we'll talk about that throughout the game. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky little numbers. It's available daily on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast. Locked on Jazz. Uh, I need your help. I am on a mission to get Alexa across the NBA uh, on all the formats. I'm having a bunch of really weird experiences with it uh, in the NBA, and they are telling me it's because my system's weird. Not a chance. Uh, So I need you tonight... If you are an audio league pass or just a league pass subscriber and you have Alexa, so you need those two things, audio league pass and you have Alexa or Echo or one of those and ask her to play Utah Jazz basketball and let me know what your experience is. Um, I super appreciate that. Uh, thank you. Uh, today's show is brought to you by the Snowmobile Show. It is back the guys are back. They got it going on. It's taking place on Friday, October 26th. That's this Friday and Saturday at the Mountain America Expo Center on State Street in Sandy. I'll tell you more about it coming up, but so glad to have Snow West back uh, on the show. Murdoch Chevy and Mazuma USA. All right, let's get right to it. Um, we'll open up, as we always do after a game, even though it was Friday, on numbers. And they're interesting here. So this was an offensive slugfest. The Jazz offensive rating was a 119. The Warriors offensive rating was a 120. And the pace was a 94. So we're playing 12% faster than we did a year ago in this game. And the offensive ratings and defensive ratings are really different than what we're used to. Uh, 107 was league average, and we were right there, and now we're suddenly at 119. And that, I think... Is the st- inside these numbers? I try to give you the story of the game. The story of the game is that through two games at least, the Jazz have dramatically changed their shot distribution. They have dramatically changed who they are as an offensive team, and I don't know. It's pretty exciting, um, and have. Ex- Exploded. The league as a whole has exploded offensively, and we'll get into that in segment three, trying to figure out what it means, why it's happened, 
Um, and as I said on Friday's show, my concern a little bit is that the pace of the league has suddenly gotten so fast that um, defense matters less. I don't know that that's going to be true, but that's what it feels like right now. So, I mean, if you're just looking around last night, Atlanta scores 133, Sacramento scores 131. Um, but again, Denver and Golden State play to a 196 game, 98 game that looks a little bit more normal. And then Houston and the Clippers play 115-112 game. Some of this is because of the free throws. We'll, we'll dig into why. I don't want to get off track. But let's get back to the game. Uh, so offensive ratings of 119's pace was way up, shooting through the roof. Uh, Jazz effective, though, though interestingly, not totally crazy um, through the roof. Jazz effective field goal percentage... Last year was 52.7. We're at 55.6. The Warriors were at 62%. And so that was through the roof. The Warriors shot through the roof. And this gets to the most interesting thing that happened in this game and may have happened last night for the Warriors as well. We'll look at it. The Warriors have a math problem. And the Jazz outmathed the Warriors at a really, really incredible rate. So... The Warriors had, according to uh, cleaning the glass, their effective field goal percentage in that game was in the 93rd percentile, which the Warriors are perfectly capable of doing, and we don't usually experience. But the Warriors are interesting because Clay doesn't go to the rim and Durant doesn't really go to the rim, so Rudy's impact is a little less. Um, the free throw rate in that game, we went to the line a lot, but we went to the line a lot. We shot the ball in smart places a lot, and we didn't hit them at an alarming rate, and we lost by one. We got really hot for a while, but when you start to – our 46% from three was hot, um, but our effective field goal percentage overall was nothing that special. Our shot distribution was brilliant. The Warriors took 45% of their shots as non-restricted area twos. We took 21%. That is only the second time in two years that we've lost a game in which we have taken 22% or less of our shots as smart shots in the game. Our math is so good right now. You want to shoot at the rim and threes... And that's, in game one, we took 34 shots at the rim. In game two, we took 24. In game one, we took 27 threes. And the other night, we took 46 threes, which is incredible. Threes, that's just a commitment. And our mid-range shots are down. And they're bad shots. We're not making them either, um, which is interesting. Uh, you wonder if you you wonder if there's a level where when you emphasize so much where you're supposed to shoot and how that you suddenly when you have an actual mid range shot do you actually make it less good? I don't know. I think it's an interesting idea, but um, we got fouled eight times at the rim again, and we were six of nineteen on mid range shots, and the Warriors took forty. It's pretty interesting. Like, our math, our roster composition is better than theirs right now. If you take Thompson out of the game and then Durant doesn't shoot a bunch of threes, they have Clay shooting threes, and that's it. So that's what jumps out to me from that game was it was an offensive explosion, 
But our shot distribution was so superior to theirs, which is really, really interesting. And it's two games in a row, so I'll be curious to see if we can if we can keep that up. Uh, it, rating numbers just out of interest. Uh, our defense was really not good with anyone on the floor that night. Um, nobody had a defensive rating under 114, which was Rudy. I guess Joe was at 112. So there's nobody, there's nothing where you look at that and say like, oh, so-and-so played real, no, defensively. Like we didn't have, there was, we just, they were good. Uh, they were just, Gobert had six screen assists, which we always like to, and the Jazz are contesting a bunch of shots. Uh, the Jazz are really doing a, a great job on uh, contested shots. We have a new stat called box outs, ironically enough, and we did had one, and we didn't have one of those. We 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 were short one, as I guess what I'm trying to say. Um, right. In other words, the last the last one on Jarebko. Uh Staying with that game here just for a quick second. Um, you know, Jay Crowder plus ten again. That when we've gone small and gotten out of that starting lineup, we've been better uh, so far this season. Uh, Joe Ingles, 36 minutes. Donovan Mitchell, 35. Rudy Gobert, 35. That's a lot. But Durant went 40. Steph Curry went 37. And Clay Thompson went 36. All right, we'll get into individual team performance next. Uh, but my big takeaway from just, hey, we're two games in and, we'll, and we're going to get into the whole league is... And by the way, the Warriors, one other note on statistical on that. The Warriors had 10, were 10 for 10 on fast breaks in that game. 10 for 10 on fast breaks. At least that was one stat um, that I saw, which on one level tells you how good they are, and on the other level says, uh, you know, the 10's not very many. Um but they were they were awfully good at it uh, in those settings. The yeah, t- maybe it's maybe it's just that they had twenty points on ten fast breaks and someone misunderstood that statistic. But still pretty good. Uh, he, so bottom line on that one: incredible offensive game, brilliant shot distribution from the Jazz. Warriors have a math problem, and the Jazz are advancing past. And the Jazz would have lost that game to one team in the world. There's just no team, other team in the world that beats the Jazz that night. The Warriors 20 of 40 mid-range shooting, Durant and Curry shot making, nobody else beats them. And then frankly, you know, Curry and Durant against the Jazz combined to go 27 of 49 and last night go 17 of 42 and they lose. Like truly that's probably what the difference was last night is that their shot making just was not as out of the world. But they had the same, you know, they have the same, some of the same problems. Steph took 16 threes and the rest of their team took 13. The Snowmobile Show, I mentioned it. It is in town. It is here. It starts on Friday. It's presented by Fly Racing, Utah Snowmobile Association, Snow West Magazine. It's coming up this weekend. The show moved to the Southtown Expo Center last year and doubled in size. Now it's called the Mountain America Expo Center, but the Utah Snowmobile Show 
is growing again. So this is really the premier snowmobile show in the state of Utah. Actually, the Intermountain region. It's big. People come from Idaho, Wyoming, Colorado. So make sure you get out the heck. People come from Canada. There are booths for Arctic Cat, Ski-Doo, Polarius, 2019 snowmobile models, mountain sleds, youth sleds, family sleds, deep powder sleds, trail machines, all of the snowmobiles made are at this show. And then you have the big, fast, lightweight, modified mountain sleds, some of the most unique custom snowmobiles in the sport earth of utah snowmobile show turbocharged sleds supercharged sleds just it's going to be incredible so make sure you get out there it's the snowmobile show presented by fly racing they also have all sorts of gear for you and it is uh utah snowmobile show and snow west magazine this friday three to nine saturday ten to six mountain america expo center state street in sandy utah you can buy discount tickets online at snowwest.com slash utah that's s-n-o W-E-S-T dot com slash Utah or regularly priced tickets at the gate. S-N-O-W-E-S-T. So it's only one W in there dot com. Today's show is also brought to you by Mazuma USA. If you are a small business owner and you are not using Mazuma USA, you are costing yourself time and money. This is how this works. This is a great company. Mazuma USA, Utah-based company, has taken a model so that you sign up with Mizuma USA, your introductory is $75 a month. You get assigned a CPA and a bookkeeper. You hook in with them, get, they get act, give them access to your information, they immediately give you a report. Once a quarter, they give you a tax reminder. Once a month, you get another report. And at the end of the year, they have your tax returns done for you. For $75 a month, your small business gets a bookkeeper and a CPA. It's a lot better than hiring your own. It's a lot better than trying to catch up at the end, right? We're months away from it, but being the evil April, but it's there. So you're all set. The cool thing also, no contract, cancel any times, no hidden fees. So you just evaluate throughout the time. Is this really worth it? And it, you'll find out it is. MazumaUSA.com. Use the promo code LOCKED. Call 801-980-2102. That's 801-980-2102 for a free consultation. That's 801-980-2102. All right, let's get to the back to more jazz. Really, the jazz has just been, you know, they've played about as exciting as you want. The defense has not clicked in yet. So the defense has not had an impact on games. But offensively, we have seen a team that we've never seen before. And that's pretty interesting. The Last year, we were the ninth best team in the NBA in shot distribution. Uh, if, I, if I remember correctly. Ninth best team. 73.4% of our shots... Oh, wait, that's this. No, sorry, that was just fourth quarter. I went and did a bunch of, I got to fix my charts. I did a bunch of stuff. But I think we were still the ninth best team last year. Um, I did a bunch of studies on shot distribution based on time of game yesterday. Um, so I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what I found. Teams don't shoot as well late in games. Um, Three-pointers don't shoot as well. Mid-range shots aren't as good. Late in games, teams just don't shoot as well. Um, was really what I discovered. Uh, maybe we knew that, but I was—I don't know if I had a, figured out a takeaway in regards to whether it um, whether it somehow changes the way you should play the game. That was 
or there's something you should do late in games or be cognizant of late in games. I didn't, I didn't really come up with that. Um, but Quinn Snyder has committed to two, to better shot distribution and to getting the ball on the rim and in having Rudy have a bigger impact on games, which changes who we are dramatically offensively. So Rudy had 16 points and six shots again. If you look at it from a points gain standpoint, he had about six scoring opportunities. So he had 16 for the line. He had 16 points on 12 scoring opportunities. It's like somewhere around three points gained that night. That's that's a mammoth impact on games. I mean, it's really tremendous impact to see in what this and and what this does. You know, we talked all preseason, or particularly as through training camp, about little incremental changes that the Jazz can make to get better offensively. And we're seeing it take place. Uh, and that's pretty, ex- really exciting. And I think the defense eventually has to kick in. Now, I don't I don't have any real reason that I'm certain of that, quite honestly. Um, I just think as time goes on, it's got to eventually start to impact things. But the pace is through the roof and the foul rate is through the roof. And that's what we'll talk about in the next segment. So Donovan did not have a great game and late game made a bunch of mistakes, uh, particularly the play where he pick and rolls on the right-hand side, brings Durant to him, and then shoots a three over the top. I'm not sure why you would bring Durant to him. I'm not sure what the confusion there was. Um, It's easy to say we kind of lost our offensive flow. That happens. I mean, late in games, teams don't generally run their whole flow offense because they want to make sure they know who gets the ball, where they get it, um, and get a shot from the right spot. I'm not sure that's that's actually mathematically the right decision. That's just always what coaches do, and they can explain it well in that in that circumstance. They want to make sure that the right person gets the ball. Um, but Donovan's scuffling a little bit. Uh, Ron called this, actually, if you've been listening to us on postcast and various interviews with Ron Boone. He said he suspected Donovan would struggle to start the year. Um, and I suspect that this will go on for a while and then Donovan will figure it out because that's what Donovan does. You know, the signature to his first year in the NBA was his ability to react and alter and adjust. And I think there's two things. I talked about this a lot as well. I think we have forgotten that there were probably a lot of 7 of 23 nights uh, for him last year. Um, and we think every night was unbelievable, and many of them were, and those will probably happen uh, as well. But for right now, he's scuffling a little bit. Um, 23 shot attempts, 19 points is not a great uh, impact. He's going to have to figure out how to become efficient. Uh, He was below average points gained last year, which is very natural for a rookie and to be expected, Uh, and he's probably well below average um, right now. A uh, few other notes. Exum had another really good game. Dante has shown just terrific growth in back-to-back games and a level of game-changing speed that is pretty exciting to who the Jazz are and give them something that they have never had before. Uh, I was super impressed by George Niang's nine minutes. Uh, the seven shots is an awful lot, but the guts that he had to take those shots in big moments. Quinn believes in this guy an awful lot as a playmaker, 
um, as someone who can impact the games. And uh, that's that's really, you know, and I think he's, he's shown it. He didn't show his playmaking uh, quite as much. Uh, he had the single assist. Uh, Royce O'Neal, by the way, is going to go through the same phenomena a little bit as Donovan is at a much lower level just as a second-year player that he comes in, tries to expand his game a little bit, be a different player. Rule changes right now are not helping him. He'll be fine, but he's going to go through the same thing we're watching with Donovan. It's just going to be much less intense. It's just it's what happens with, with young players. And then we've got to talk Joe Ingles. Um, the kid's just incredible. Through two games, he's sh- shooting... You know, 65% from three, 70% from the field, and 25% from from the field. Or 20, averaging 25 points a game. Uh, you know, probably not likely that he's going to hit 11 of his next 17 threes, but his pick-and-roll game is so good, uh, he, he he's able to be another ball handler. He takes so much pressure off. Um, he He's, you know, league actually, people actually taking note and are aware of um, it's funny you can't say teams are teaming everything uh, to, that's my pun uh, teams are taking note of Joe I mean this is he's aware scouting report he's the one who I actually think will have the biggest scouting report change where teams realize they they can't let him uh, go do his thing the same way one note on Donovan I'd have to go back and I never got a chance to go back and rewatch the game the way I wanted to uh, still might do it today. Clay Thompson, nine shot attempts in 36 minutes. I'm going to guess the majority of that was Donovan. Um, so that, you know, if Donovan commits himself to taking Clay Thompson out of the game, and it's it's going to hurt him offensively a little bit. And if that's what he did, then I think we tip our hat a little bit and say, that's cool. Great job. You know, that's the, that's the team player core element of things. Jazz have been much better so far this year when spaced. Uh, the starting lineup has is had a rough start to the season. And it had a rough start to last year. And we'll have to keep an eye on whether this continues to be any type of, of big picture trend that's a problem. Uh, but, you know, the favors go bare combination that the Jazz run is unique. There aren't a lot of teams that do it. It's a defensive lineup that has been great defensively. Um, it's never been uh, terrific offensively. It has played 17 minutes. In those 17 minutes right now, the offensive rating is a 71. The defensive rating is a 135. We have shot 31% overall when those guys are on the floor. We've hit 44% of our threes just to cover up how bad it's really been. But it's a... It's an early that's it has not worked to start the year. Like the numbers are the Rubio Mitchell Ingles Gobert Crowder lineup is shooting fifty four percent from the field and fifty eight percent from three. That's probably a little artificial too. So one's artificially bad, one's artificially good. Uh their offensive rating is a one forty, but they haven't defended it all either. They're at a one twenty six. So Kind of an interesting mix and match. Dante in for Rubio, and we start to defend, and then we can't score. So we've got haven't quite figured all the lineup stuff out. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy. Find new roads at Murdoch Chevy. The Chevy lineup of trucks is unequaled 
as you head into the winter. Uh, there's absolutely nothing that matches what they have between the heavy-duty Silverado HD with the Allison transmission, the Colorado truck, which I drove for a while and loved. It's the only truck line that has all three segments, the heavy-duty Silverado, the light-duty half-ton truck Silverado, and the midsize truck Colorado. I drove the Colorado diesel. All of them are unibody frames, so that's safer. Then you have the Equinox, which I'm driving right now, which is their mid-range uh, SUV. You have the Traverse, which has got every bell and whistle. It's got the latest and greatest camera system. Mirror turns into a back camera. Third row seats seat up to eight. Both those have all-wheel drive that turns into two-wheel drive. So, like right now, you don't need your all-wheel drive. No need to kill your gas mileage. Every bell and whistle. Plus, you got Suburban. Plus, you got the Tahoe. And the Equinox I'm driving is 1.5 turbo with a double cam motor quick torque, uh, double cam motor, quick torque, 170 horsepower. And so it's quieter, better fuel economy. They really are quiet, incredibly well-made. Check it out, Woods Cross, Chevy, Murdoch Chevy, 92 years in the business with Utah, the Murdoch family, also up in Logan. It's Murdoch Chevy. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, let's take a quick run around the NBA. Uh, this I've got two themes here about that I'll kind of keep pounding. One is uh, there are no bad teams. So there are going to be games where teams that are supposed to be, quote, bad, there's going to be teams that lose more because that's how it works. But Oklahoma City loses last night at home to Sacramento. Uh and interesting, Westbrook had 32, Paul George had 29, and they still lost. Uh, they had pretty good efficient nights, but Dennis Schroeder went 5 of 16. They have inefficient players. I, as you all know, I have them surviving on defense, and if Robertson is not healthy, then I don't know if I have them surviving. They're 0-3. But, you know, Amon Shepard had a good game. Willie Cauley-Stein had another strong game. De'Aaron Fox looks way better. That's just not a bad basketball team. Ten assists for De'Aaron Fox. Uh, Trey Young dropped 30 last night. And then without Chris Paul, the Clippers beat the Rockets, but I like the Clippers. And last night showed Gallinari gave him 32 solid minutes. And then as I've talked about the whole time with the Clippers, once they decide to play Montrell's Harrell instead of Marcin Gortat, and they play Shea Gilgis-Alexander instead of Patrick Beverly or Avery Bradley, they'll be fine. And they did that last night, and that's what got them the win. Uh, Beverly and Bradley are bench players, inefficient bench players at this point. Uh, 
And so they're Lou Williams and Shea Gilgis-Alexander were their closing lineup last night with Tobias Harris, Danilo Gallinari, and Montrose Harrell. And then they're playing Bamute in there. That's a Mike Scott. That's a deep team, Boban. It's a good basketball team. The Clippers are good. They threw 11 good players out last night. And beat the Rockets without Chris Paul. And Chris Paul will miss the Jazz game on Wednesday as well. That will be in Houston, so it's a little different for them. Um, and their offense still was pretty good. They just didn't defend that night. Uh, Carmelo was minus 18 in 27 minutes. So he's had two games where they losses. He's minus 18 and minus 20. See if the Rock, you know, feels, this happens every year. Early on, it, it's all much more closely uh, put together. Here's the other one. As of right now, there is not a huge change in shooting. There is a change in smart shots. 68% of all shots in the league are smart shots right now. Last year it was 67. So three things are going on right now for this offensive explosion. One is teams are taking smarter shots. Last year, 18% of shots were mid-range twos, so non-paint twos. That's down to 15.8, except for the Spurs, who are taking 33% of their shots there. We're only taking 8% of our shots there. It ranks 24th in the league. Last year, we took we ranked 25th in the league, taking 15% of our shots in the mid-range. Is that incredible? Let me say that again. It's a, it's a huge change. <clears throat> Last year, we ranked 25th in the league. We took, there were only five teams that took fewer than we did. We took 14, 20, I mean, I could flip it, right? So we were the sixth best. We took 14.8%. Of our shots as mid-range shots. We are down to 8.3% and still rank the same. Because there's just been such a change in the league. Restricted area shots were at 34% or were at 32% are now at 34%. People are pounding the rim. Overall three-point shots are at 34.5%. Last year was at 35. The amount of threes being taken is actually down. The amount of corner threes is actually down. So defenses have taken the three away a little bit. Not us, but other teams. And people are pounding the rim and not taking shots at the mid-range. And then people are living at the free throw. The offensive explosion right now is based on free throws, shot distribution, and pace. And the free throws, I think, will calm down. And I think the pace will calm down. I'll have to research this today or tomorrow. And the shot distribution won't. Teams teams are getting better. But restricted area shooting right now, just to give you the, is 61.8. Last year was 62.8. So no change. In the paint, non-restricted area. 39% last year was 39.5. Mid-range, 38.8. Last year was 39.5. Corner three is 36.6. Last year was 38.5. So it's actually better. Above the break, three is up. 36% from 34.5. So that's interesting. That's gone from 1.06 points per shot to 1.09. 
I think that lasts, though there's a chance tired legs that goes, but I think the league's gotten better at shooting the three. And the above the break three is the one that's the hardest to take away. Jazz are pounding the glass 13th in the league in restricted area right now. Last year they were 14th. So not, not that big a difference. Jazz have taken the fifth most amount of threes. Last year we took the sixth most amount of threes. And we've gone from 37% of our shots as threes to 44% of our shots as threes. I told you when the league year started that what was going to happen this year is there was going to be a huge gap between the teams that were analytically smart and those that are not. And that will be interesting to see what happens. The Spurs are on the bottom of the barrel at 53% of their shots being smart shots. The Rockets are at the top at 85%. The discrepancy is mammoth. Even the Celtics are at 65% at 19th. And the f- fifth-ranked team is at 80, 78, 80%, 80%, the Hawks. So you're either in or you're out right now in analytics. All right, that is today's show. Snowmobile show starts Friday. Mazuma USA, promo code LOCKED. And Murdoch Chevy. Make sure you check them all out. Enjoy it. Have a great day. And, of course, go over to Lockdown NBA to get the biggest stories from the local experts on the Monday edition of Lockdown NBA. Have a great day. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.